Welcome to episode eight of the Unstoppable Marketing and Mindset Podcast with me, MG. I'm your marketing and mindset coach for women who want to be fucking unstoppable in business. So if that describes you, you are in the right place. Today, I have the absolutely phenomenal guest, Angela Henderson, who is an international award-winning business consultant, keynote speaker, and podcaster herself, helping women make more money by creating personalized business strategies and mastering their mindset so they can create the life that they love and want to show up in every single day. This conversation leads from the idea of holistic wealth into retreats, opening up creativity and getting rid of stagnancy and the realization that we can raise our vibration by actually being aligned with what we do in our business on a day-to-day basis. I interviewed Ange on my last podcast about 18 months ago, and since then, she's gone through a huge personal and professional transformation. So this conversation goes deep. It goes deep quickly, and it has so many gold nuggets that you do not want to miss. So let's get into it. Welcome, Angela Henderson, to the Unstoppable Marketing and Mindset Podcast with me, MG. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my goodness, my friend. It is always an absolute pleasure to be around you and your energy. And so, yes, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. It's, it's, I'm an open book. Whatever you need today, I'm here, my friend. Woo, and I love it. And you were on my previous podcast. Mm-hmm. So this is my second podcast interview with you. The last one was Absolute Fire. I'll put a link in the show notes to anyone that wants to go and listen to that previous one. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about different topics today mm-hmm. because, let's be honest, it was probably 18 months since that last mm-hmm. one. And yes. you have evolved. Everyone's evolved in that time. And mm-hmm. there is always new things to talk about. So First of all, I just want to get you to share with everyone listening, who is Angela Henderson? Yeah, I mean, who is Angela Henderson? I'm a business consultant, keynote speaker, and podcaster. And ultimately, I help women make more money by developing a personalized strategy and mastering their mindset. So that's what I do. Rock Woo, and roll. I love that. It's yeah. like in a nutshell, wrapped, like tied up in a nice, beautiful bow. Tell us a little bit more about your business and what brought you to the space that you're in right now in business. Yeah, I mean, I started my first business about 13 years ago. It was an e-com business where we focused on creating childhood memories through play, love, and travel. Obviously, we started off just like anyone else, zero products, zero email lists, zero fans following, et cetera. And when I closed Finley and Me, we had over 100,000 people following us on socials. I had an email list of 50,000 plus, and we had over 1,400 different products that we distributed across Australia uh, and internationally. Uh, I also uh, learned very quickly with that business the importance of different revenue streams. So I also became one of Australia's leading parenting influencers, where I was signed with like Netflix, Hilton, Club Med, Spotlight, Woolies, Calls, etc. because they wanted my audience. And they would pay me anywhere from $4,000 to $6,000, $8,000 for me to write some content, throw it up on socials and doing keep it on my blog for SEO purposes. So it was really fantastic to start learning at that early age or early on stage in business, the importance of different revenue streams. Uh, and then I knew there was going to come a time where I would be sick of the baby and kids stuff just because my kids were starting to get older. And that was about that seven year mark type scenario where I was like, "Mm, I don't really want to go to baby fairs. And at the same time, not that I asked for it, but somewhere it came to me as people started picking my brain about business. And after 14 coffee dates and I don't even drink coffee, I finally realized that if I charged each of those people for that hour to hour and a half, I would have a secondary business. So and that's when I started consulting other business owners. Yeah. Amazing. What a story. You know what? Mm. I feel like every time I speak to you, Ange, I feel like I learned something new about you. I'm like, (laughs) wow, you've got so much that has happened in your life and in your business. And even, you know, since I spoke to you 18 months ago on the last podcast, like so much has changed. So what's been happening for you in business recently in just the last year or so? 
In business and recently, I think it's important to talk about, I mean, my revenue dropped by 24, 24 to 26% last year. And I think it's a conversation that most owners won't own or won't talk about because of shame. And there's the primary factor was, as I asked my husband at the time for a divorce on Christmas day. So I knew going into the like last year that I needed to protect my time. I needed to protect my, protect my space, but I also knew that I needed to go on a healing journey. And so I needed to understand that it was okay to put some of the, it was okay to stop scaling the business at the rate that I was in order to ensure that my needs and my family's needs were taken care of. And that has been tremendous because what I've learned in the last 12 months and 18 months, even more so than ever before, is a notion of what I call holistic wealth. So many people in the online space are focusing on revenue wealth. What's the next launch? When's the next dollar? And what's the next client? What's the next contract that's being signed? That people are forgetting about their spiritual wealth. People are forgetting about their physical wealth. People are forgetting about their mental wealth, their relationship wealth, their self wealth, and so on. And so that's really opened my eyes. Uh, and also wealth from a place of outside of the online space. So, you know, we're looking at, or I'm looking at additional investment properties. I'm looking at, you know, in the stock market, there's other things because I am my own personal brand. So my revenue is a direct reflection typically if I'm present or if I'm not present. So how do I build wealth and all those wealth buckets than just revenue online wealth? So yes, it's been a huge journey, but a, a fantastic journey. And I'm loving talking more and more about that uh, as I see women continue to struggle and success in their business. And really what that means is they're unaligned either in home life, community and business. So it's kind of my next evolution of how I'm supporting women even further. And I remember you saying last time I interviewed you that your mission is to bring more wealth into the hands of women. And so I love mm -hmm. how that has become more of that holistic wealth mm -hmm. piece. Mm -hmm. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about was the retreats that you run, because mm -hmm. I see these retreats. I know mm -hmm. a few people that have been to your retreats. Mm -hmm. They speak very highly of them. Is that part of this holistic wealth idea as well is bringing together in a retreat format that mm -hmm. opportunity to have space create space and also work on your business 100 so the majority of people listening to the podcast and including my own podcast will be like i need different funnels i need different this and that's what they think the strategy is mm -hmm. that's part of the strategy the other part of the strategy i believe after you know i mean being in business for over you know in a decade and seeing things is that's part of it but the spiritual stuff is equally strategy and equally necessary. The space that you give yourself is equally the strategy that you need for growth. So my four-day retreats or my three-day retreats, depending, I've got one, I run them in Australia and then I'm also running a four-day retreat in Bali in October, is around, yes, we're going to have masterminds. Yes, we're going to have breakout sessions. And yes, you'll get one-on-one -on -one time consulting time with me to do what you think you need for your business. But also as a business consultant, I believe now that I know the information that I do, it's my responsibility as a consultant to also open up their doors to the spiritual side in a way that feels safe and light for them, but also allow them to introduce the importance of the need to slowing down in order to speed up. People often haven't been alone in a bedroom without a husband or a partner or their kids in a very long time. They actually have to decondition themselves in many ways and strip things off in order to be able to sit in that silence. So at my retreat, we do the strategy, we do the goal planning, but we also will go and eat beautiful, luscious food because if you're not eating healthy, you are also um, 
you know, and I still eat fucking McDonald's. So let's not like, I'm not sitting here on my high horse, but what I'm saying is, is what you put into your body equally will determine how successful you are or not. You know, everything has a factor in your world. So we eat beautiful food. We have luscious conversations. People get to sleep in and go to bed early. They get to go to, you know, like we went to Dracula's one night, they get to go and do different experiences to help regulate their nervous system and try new things. Um, we also do sound healing with one of Australia's leading sound healers to be able to, again, to re-regulate uh, sound has so much power with you mean uh, helping soothe and heal your body. So I bring in a whole bunch of factors in order for them to see that business cannot be done in isolation of just funnels and email marketing. I love that business cannot be done in isolation of just email funnels and marketing. I freaking mm -hmm. love that. And I've seen this rise of retreats recently mm -hmm. myself. I just ran my own retreat love just it. last month and it was mm -hmm. phenomenal. And now I'm like addicted because I felt like I got my own nervous system reset in that process because mm -hmm. of the way that I'd planned it. Totally. So have you noticed that rise of retreats? Do you think this is kind of like um, a movement? Is, is it just me seeing it because it's what I'm doing? Or is it that we're starting to, as a community, look at that more holistic wealth, holistic growth and take care of our spirituality as well as the funnels? Um, I mean, I think there's definitely a rise of retreats, but I definitely don't necessarily think that they're retreats that are still taking it from a holistic angle. Now, that's not a bad thing. Let me make it clear, because the right people will get to the right retreat that they need right now for them. And so for me, it's like it's. I see retreats everywhere. There's like some that are like wellness retreats where they're focusing more on say yoga and stretching and breath work, which the people are going to need that too. But then there's other people who do need a little bit more of like the mastermind and the strategy. So I say, do whatever floats your boat. Don't overthink it and kind of just lean into whatever you mean you're drawn to. There's no wrong or right reason. We're all right on time and we're going to get exactly what we need for our body, mind, and soul right now. So yes, there's more happening, but I also think there's a direct correlation that more are happening too, just because COVID is less and less talked about and we've got less and less restrictions. So mm. I just feel like it's just a direct correlation of our environment uh, post COVID that we're seeing them now come more and more people. I think last year were a little bit more hesitant mm. because they were still unsure, especially if you were say in Perth or if you were in uh, Victoria, for example, just because of how tight the restrictions were in certain parts of Australia, for example, where now there's really not many restrictions. Do you know what I mean? That we have to follow. Yes, very true. And we were unable to see each other for such a long time and now we can and we're just like shoving it all in as much as possible mm -hmm. and I think that community aspect is super important though regardless you know and being able to get to meet people in a really intimate way and see mm -hmm. people um, connect with them at a new level you know not just going to a networking event for a few hours but actually getting the opportunity to connect to people on a deeper level like having those examples where you go to Dracula's and you have a experience that's different to what you might do in a normal day that helps you to connect even further. Do you think that is one of the most important things about retreats? I mean, I think connection, but I also think that we get, it's also our creativity mm -hmm. is I think we get so stagnant in the day-to-day -day, wake up, have a cup of coffee, take the kids to school, come home. Life gets very mundane. And I was just reading the latest book by Jay Shetty, Eight Rules of Love. And what a beautiful book it was. And, and it's like, I'm obsessed with Jay Shetty, A, not only because he's hot as fuck, but because he actually brings a lot of insight. Um, but what Jay talked about was levels of intimacy. And he talked about um, the levels of intimacy and like conversations people have. I wish I could find it. But, and so he says like, at the moment, think about your current relationships, regardless of their client relationships or family relationships, but even your partner relationships. He said, most people, their level of intimacy is as far as watching TV. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. That's it. So again, you go home, you do this, you do the dinner, everyone's exhausted, you sit down. So you're not creating any different neural pathways between each other. You're not creating any former deeper level of intimacy. There's not a lot else to talk about. So therefore, by just sitting and doing TV, you're, you're also firing at a low vibration. And so then the next thing is like the next conversations around like to-do lists and things like that. And then the next thing is, is when you go and do an experience, mm. because it's like this holistic and when you're doing these new experiences and doing things and it doesn't have to be paid. Let me make that clear. It doesn't mean that you have to go on a cruise or a retreat. It could be going to a new park every week and having a picnic. It could be going, you know, uh, walking down to your local beach and doing a Frisbee or uh, taking paints down there and painting, which is different from painting from home. So what he talks about is there's a direct correlation between intimacy and the type of conversation that you're having, which is a direct reflection of the type of vibration you're bringing to the, to the world. So what I find about retreats and doing those other type of experiences is that it's not only about creativity, but it's about shifting people's vibration. Now I have to say that I love Jay Shetty, but I'm not sure that I find him attractive. So that was okay. really interesting <laughs> through that in there, but I definitely agree that even though, you know, intimacy in the way that Jay might be talking about it is intimacy in relationships. Relationships go beyond just our intimate relationships, don't they? We, we can have those moments where we can raise our vibration through doing those activities and retreats are a great opportunity for that. So just on that topic, if someone listening to this who's running a business is thinking of running a retreat, mm-hmm. how do they curate the perfect retreat that allows people to raise their frequency and connect with people at that intimate level? I mean, I think it's about just getting to know your audience better, first of all, right? Like really, again, asking them, when was the last time you surveyed your audience, for example? When did you ask them what was missing in their life? What what have they lost themselves, for example? Like when you start to ask these deeper questions that a lot of time people don't even have time to reflect themselves because life is quote unquote too busy, you stir something in people and the, and the answers you'll get back will help you to start looking at what is needed in their life to start making a different transformation. I also feel like if you're working, say, with a cohort of moms and their, their children are quite young, it's very different to the needs. And not that everyone's needs are the same, but I've seen kind of categories where versus they're like their kids are teenagers and then versus my moms who do mean the kids are about to flee the nest or et cetera. In each of those stages, what I've still found is there is loss and grief. In each of those stages, women are still, do you know what I mean? Um, they, they often question who they are. What is their purpose? What are they standing for? But again, by serving my audience, listening to people on my podcast, you know, following up in DMs and whatever, you start to understand what people are actually wanting. Do they want to have a jam-packed weekend or do they want a slow retreat weekend where they can sleep in till 10 o'clock in the morning, go to bed at seven, right? So I know for my crew is we have like earlier or like later starts, but not what you might think is like, it's like an 8 a.m. start. Now you might think that's super early, but my women are, most of them are already up at six or seven because they're clocked has been trained because of the little kids to be up so they still are up they're having a coffee but they're just reading a book out on the veranda or they're just journaling something that they haven't done in a while or they're just having just a nice again high vibration thing so I make sure that we have that early on I also make sure that again our dinners are earlier in the night versus nine o'clock dinners because they're like I just want to crawl into bed so it's again taking time to understand where your audience is at in life where their kids are at in life and what they need will help you just to you don't have to second guess yourself and ask them mm-hmm. always ask as uh, simple ask. as that mm-hmm. ideally we know who our ideal client is we message it to that person and we curate the thing that we know that they are craving and needing and if they resonate with the message they're going to be like damn I need that mm-hmm. I also find for me personally because I've gone like I've spent 
probably close to $750,000 on personal development in the last 12 to 13 years, from my own masterminds to my own retreats to one-on-one coaching, whatever. And I think the more you pay to play and put yourself in new situations where you grow and you evolve, it allows you to then bring in what you've learned through your own journey into your own retreats. Mm, Yes. You could, like, I could easily say, great, go and get a sound healer for your retreat. Okay. And people out there will probably go get a sound healer. But if you've never experienced sound healing, it's going to be very hard for you to portray that message into your sales, your marketing, and let people know. If I say, bring in a guest speaker, but you don't even, like, you've never even had that topic before or whatever, like, there's going to be some reservation probably. So what I'm saying is, is look at what you've experienced, what lit you up, because if that lights you up, that's going to be um, projected out to the people you're with, because you're already passionate and so excited about it. But if you start trying to create a retreat just because someone else has done it, and you haven't actually experienced those things yet, it could be hard because you might get in a sound healing session and you've never done it before and be like, this fucking sucks. Mm. And then your experience is shit. Then you've got to try and be, yay, yay. How great was that experience when it's like, you really, it sucked. So I encourage you to think about, obviously, first of all, asking your people what they want and then understanding what, where have you had other experiences and how can you weave those in to your current retreat? And the more you do, the more your retreat will evolve. I used to just have a retreat where it was all just strategy because that's all I knew. But then I started to do sound healing and hypnotherapy and all these other things. And I was like, oh, no, I can add that now and I can sprinkle this here and I can bring this speaker in here to complement this. And so it's like through my own learning and growth, I've been able to evolve and make my own retreats better as I've evolved. Yes, absolutely. And we always want to be evolving in ourselves personally and professionally because that enhances our business, enhances how we're showing up. And I know that for myself, that was exactly what I did with the retreat that I just ran. Mm-hmm. And I took basically what I know from how I've felt in retreats that I've been to from silent retreats, literally four day, five day silent retreats, mm-hmm. which are very, very different to strategy retreats. I've also been to those and combined them. And, you know, I wasn't actually sure at first, Angie, I wasn't sure how combining those two things was going to go. I, to be honest, I felt a little bit nervous about that, but I just knew that I loved both of those components. And if I could make this perfect balance, Mm. how cool would that be? And it actually went so fucking phenomenally. And that's why like, I'm going, this is happening twice a year now because, Mm -hmm. well, first of all, those people are like, when are we doing this again? Mm -hmm. Uh, And second of all, I had an absolute fucking ball at this retreat thinking, this is what I get to do. Like I get to book this mansion and hang out there and do all the things that I love to do with a group of phenomenal women, like fucking incredible. Right. Do you have Mm -hmm. moments like that when you're on retreat? Like, damn, this is what I do. Um, oh yeah, 100%. Like I roll out of, like on day two, I'll roll out of bed in like either my flip-flops, my hoodie or whatever in the mansion. And I'm like, because I, that's strategizing day. And I'm like, so I'm strategizing and while well, they're doing their own, like there's different things we do. And I'm just like, fuck yeah, like how good is life? Like I literally rolling up high vibration house, high vibration energy. Uh, people want to be there too. That's a big difference too. Like they want to be there. Do you mean? So their energy is like, life is just fantastic. You know, it's like, how can life be bad? And, and if life is bad, then I would say you need to really look at yourself because whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. This is something that, you know, was the main, main thing that 
I've said to my clients for years, and it was on Christmas Day when I looked at myself in the mirror at 11 o'clock in the morning and was crying, going, I'm not entering another year married to my husband. Not that there's no affairs, there's no drug or alcohol, there's no domestic violence, but I was like, we've just outgrown each other. But whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. So if you're not at a retreat at a high vibration or you don't feel in alignment, whether you're at a retreat or this is your day-to-day life, I'd encourage you to go, where are you unaligned and what choices are you making or not making? Because ultimately your business, your life, your success, as a direct reflection of what you do every given day nobody's coming to save you yeah no one's coming to save you but yourself and it's a powerful moment you know that moment of you realizing at 11 o'clock in the morning on Christmas day that okay shit something really needs to change here I I need to make a a big decision Mm -hmm. how how do you make decisions in life and in business that are that fucking scary like what do you what do you do internally to get yourself through that massive decision? I mean, I think the first thing that I always started to think about, and this came more around COVID, was like, you know, when all, well, you know my thoughts about that. I won't get too political. But anyways, the fear mongering that was going on. And then I just remember, I was like, okay, at the very beginning, I was like, if I was on my deathbed tomorrow, what would I regret? Mm. And at that stage, I was like, I would regret not getting a bulldog because I'd always wanted one, but I traveled so much because <laughs> of- so cute. Um, so slobbery, Ange. They Those are, are but so slobbery. No, that's what people think. Mine does not slobber. She's okay. like, this is, yeah, yeah, it's no great. And so uh, I got the bulldog and my second regret was staying married to Dale. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I got the bulldog during COVID. Do you mean I named her grateful? Uh, she's biting my feet as we talk. So she doesn't growl. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I've got grateful. She's been with us for almost three years and she's just an absolute delight having her in our life every day. Uh, and then I was like, okay, well, uh, how is it that I would regret on my deathbed, people are holding my hand or looking at me while I'm taking my last breath and he could be there standing there and I would regret that. And I was like, it was then that I knew something had to change. Yes. Uh, and I, and I asked myself those questions every day. What would I regret? Well, not every day. That's true. But whenever big decisions are coming to play, mm. what would I regret? I w- okay. I would regret not, I, I would regret taking on this client right now because it would mean that there's less time for Chloe because she's going through a transition. Okay. Don't take the client on board. Um, I, uh, if I've got to go overseas for a speaking event or uh, something like that, I'll be like, Hey, what would I regret? Okay. I would regret actually missing X, Y, and Z because it's their top performance of the year. It only happens once a year. Okay. Don't go. You don't need to do this one right now. Right. Mm. Um, what would I regret? I've got a friend's wedding coming up in Dominican in a couple of weeks and I've just come back from America. But when I made that decision, I was like, I would regret not going to their wedding. Mm. Right. And so I was like, no, this is important for me to go. So I do ask myself and some people think it's a work question, but it's a question that I ask also inside of my mastermind and my one-on-one on a regular basis. What would you regret? And so from there I go, okay, well then what do I need to do to make a change? The bulldog was quite easy. Start researching bulldogs. You know I mean, go and see them, pay them the money, buy them. Dale, what do I need to do? All right. Well, I need to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. And it just, it wasn't that I planned it on Christmas day. I knew it was going to happen, uh, but it was Christmas day. There was one kind of thing that broke the camel's back. And I was like, no, I can't do another Christmas like this. I can't go into another year like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah, I know it's a warped thing, but that's what I do. I ask myself now those other questions around fear and safety and all that. I've also done, you know, like, oh gosh, it'd be 24 plus hypnotherapy sessions in the last 18 months. I just had a call with my healer yesterday to work on some additional healing stuff. I work with a chiropractor. Like there's other stuff that I'm constantly doing in order to be able to be stronger in my mind, my body, and my soul that when those bigger decisions come, they're not as scary because I've already dealt with doing the shadow work, the inner child work, the whatever. So again, if you're not doing that, then I always say these bigger things are always going to feel so much bigger than what they really are. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is the key piece that's missing in strategy is that that inner work. Mm-hmm. The strategy is important, but without the inner work, making those decisions becomes so much harder mm-hmm. and you need to be able to make, whether it's a, a personal decision or a, a professional decision, because the personal decision impacts your business. Mm-hmm. The professional mm-hmm. decision impacts your home life. So mm-hmm. you know that they're going to be intertwined in some way. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. A question that I'm asking on every single guest interview in this mm-hmm. podcast is kind of similar to this. And that is really just what you do on a daily basis to make you feel unstoppable in business. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'd love to say that shit's predictable with me, but I would say that's probably the thing that is not, you know? What do I do? I mean, listen, I try and journal every day, but it doesn't happen every day. I try and meditate every day, but it doesn't happen every day. Uh, I have tried and five my list every day, but as we look at it, like the list is here, but I also have ADHD. So it's like, I've had to learn to accept that, my, that what makes me unstoppable is my ability to be adaptable, mm. right? And so therefore I don't actually, I'm not one of these people, I incorporate And I have the best intentions around like daily meditation, daily this, but sometimes I just am too tired. And again, sleep is going to be more important if, especially if I didn't have sleep the night before, because lack of sleep, that compound effect that it has on our brain, soul, do you know what I mean? Again, mentally is too much. So I'm like, it's the meditation would be great. And I understand the benefits, but sleep is more important to me. So I'm going to, you know, so not do the meditation. So sometimes I've just learned that, yeah, being able to adapt is what makes me unstoppable and being able to, um, accept I am who I am uh, and stop trying to compare myself to what's in the news feeds and what people are telling me I need to do versus being true of what do I need in this moment. I love that. You're, uh, you're adaptable. And ultimately that is how the human race has survived as long as it's survived because we're, we've been adaptable. We need to continue mm-hmm. to be adaptable and that will make us unstoppable. Mm-hmm. I love that. What is coming up for you in the near future? This podcast is probably going to come out late May. Mm-hmm. So if people are kind of looking at what, what you're up to, how they can connect with you, what, what's happening in your world where people can connect with you? Yeah. So the first week in June, we're actually going to be inviting anyone who wants to come in and experience our masterminds free for a whole week. So they'll be able to do guest experts. They'll be able to do our mindset. They'll be able to do our monthly goal setting. Uh, so yes, yeah, so they'll be able to come to our hot seat call. So they'll be able to come and have that experience. So that will be taking place, which I'll give you the link to include in your show notes. And and also we are 15 women strong already for our Bali retreat in October. So Mm -hmm. again, if you're looking for a tax write-off is because at the time of May, June will be coming up. So your accountant will probably be looking at ways to get your tax down or whatever. Uh, Yes, no better way than to come and meet 15 women and I over in Bali in October with our payment plans to allow you the opportunity to be in you and your moment and allow you to continue to be unstoppable. So yes, I'd say join us over in Bali in October. Absolutely magic. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being one of my very first guest experts on this podcast. I'm super excited to get this out there. Share it with your audience, share it with my audience and everyone beyond. Is there anything, any parting words you'd like to share thinking that the people that are listening to this are generally mums who are in business, who Mm -hmm. are maybe operating mainly on their own, any parting words of wisdom that you'd love to share with them? Listen, as another mom to another, I think it's important that the sooner you can realize that you actually need to put your needs first, uh, the sooner you're going to have a better marriage, better connection with self, better connection with your kids, better connection with your clients. I mean, the old saying, saying is cliche, and it is you put your own oxygen mask on first. But I would say 99% of people who come to me in my programs are not doing that. And therefore, it's a significant detriment both to life, business, and community. So explore where you need to put yourself first, uh, first in your relationships, first in your business, first in you, because you'll be a better human, a better wife, a better partner, uh, and, and better just to your soul collectively. 
And lastly, I'll say what I've said earlier is whatever you're not changing, you're choosing. So if your bank account doesn't reflect what you want, if your marriage is falling down, if you're gaining 50 kilos, that's fucking on you. So don't bitch and moan about it. Don't fucking boohoo cry about it. Do fucking something about it. Uh, so if not, fucking and kind of say like, shut up, really. Do you know what I mean? Like I call it how it is. Like I'm sick of women bitching and moaning and crying and, and they just are like blaming other people. The only person you have to blame is you. So again, if you want to be unstoppable as what you talk about in your book and just about like what you stand for, you want to be unstoppable. Do you know what I mean? It's time to step up. Woo! A fucking men, sister. Thank you so much for being here today, Ange. You're welcome, my friend. Have a beautiful day. What an absolute powerhouse. I hope you took just as much from that episode as I did. I will make sure all of the links for Angela's socials and website are in the show notes so you can go and connect, go and check her out. And before you exit this podcast, make sure you go and rate and subscribe because the more people that do that, the higher chance I have of getting even more powerhouse guest expert coming in and sharing their knowledge for you. I'll see you back here next week for Unstoppable Marketing and Mindset. Peace out. I'm MG.